Because, uh-huh. you know, you know, he got a little bit of a gut. He, he's not as fine as Lamar. So he's not as fine as Lamar. Poor Walter. Girl, you said that twice. <laughs> you ain't had to you say know, it twice. No, you know why? Because my phone beeped. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know if that was it. My phone, like, my, an alert went off because I forgot to turn my ringer off. <laughs> I didn't know if that came through. That's why I said it twice. But, yeah, Paul Walter. Paul Walter. Hey, Dr. Flowers. How you doing? I'm great. How do you do? I am all right. Okay. This is going to be a fun episode. Ooh. This is this is this is the episode where we are looking at grown folks doing grown things. Ha ha ha! All right now. <laughs> yes, and hello to you, classmates, and welcome to this installment of Hillman Class Reunion, where we are going to review episode 17 of the second season of A Different World. Yes, this is the podcast all about a different world. Y'all already know we are going through each and every episode in chronological order. So go ahead, get comfortable, get something to drink, something to eat, get your blankets, put on something comfy, and get ready to hang out with us on the quad because we about to go in on these A Different World episodes. Yes. And this one is called The Thing About Women, but it's actually about this one woman named Jaleesa. <laughs> <laughs> this grown woman. This grown woman. Yes. So this episode is all about Jaleesa accepting a dinner invitation from her ex-husband Lamar. Hoota. Yes, and we're going to see Walter go through it. He's going to show a bit of his jealous side. Mhm. So, we're going to see some grown folks like I said doing grown things. This episode aired on March 9th, 1989. It was directed by Debbie Allen, of course, and written by Mr. Rob Edwards. Now, we have talked about Rob Edwards at length in previous episodes because he wrote episode three of season two and episode nine of season two. Um, And he's also served as story editor throughout this second season. But this is actually his last episode that he's that he will ever write for this uh, series. Yes. So big shout out to Mr. Rob Edwards. Now, after he left A Different World, he went on to write for In Living Color, which earned him an Emmy nomination in 1990. And then he went on to write and produce for a number of 90 sitcoms, including Fresh Prince, Out All Night, Parenthood, Rock, and In the House. He also earned several Oscar nominations, two Oscar nominations for Best Animated Film as screenwriter for the Disney films Treasure Planet and The Princess and the Frog. Um, today, he continues to write, produce, direct, and teaches master classes in screenwriting. And just a fun fact, we mentioned this before, but we got to say it again. 
Rob Edwards is an alum of Syracuse University, our alma mater. So shout out to him. Go Orange. Yeah. Look at Syracuse uh, doing things out in entertainment. Always. Always. Hashtag new house. All right. <laughs> Hashtag uh, shout out to, to Daryl M. Bell. I'm, he's not in this episode, but he's also an alum of Syracuse University. Sure is. Sure is. Also in this episode, we have Jasmine Guy, Don Lewis, Kadeem Hardison, Charnell Brown, Cree Summer, Sinbad, Glenn Turman, and Lou Myers. Like I said, Daryl and Bell is not here, and Mary Alice isn't in this episode either. And also uh, producing this episode, we have Marcy Carsey, Debbie Allen, Joanne Curley-Kerner, Susan Fales, Nancy Haas, Thad Mumford, Margie Peters, and Tom Warner. Now, let's get to a couple of our guest appearances. LaRonda, you want to tell us who our two guest stars are today? Sure. So we have the character of Lamar Collins, BKA Jaleesa's ex-husband, played by Thomas Michael Ford. Now, classmates, if you know anything about sitcoms if you watch black sitcoms then this name is very 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 familiar to you thomas michael ford is an american actor and comedian he is best known for his role as thomas tommy strong on martin which aired <laughs> between 1992 and 1997 and classmates what is the one thing we remember about Tommy? We remember a lot of things, but remember, nobody ever knew where that brother worked. <laughs> you ain't got no job. He ain't got no job, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> but he was always working. Mm-hmm. He also had a recurring role as Mel Parker in the UPN sitcom, The Parkers, between 1999 and 2001. Thomas Ford was also known for his role as Lieutenant Michael Barker on New York Undercover. I forgot he was on New York Undercover. Yeah, that was between Martin and uh, and the Parkers. Yep, yep, yep. For his role on Martin, he received an NAACP Image Award nomination in 1996. His feature film credits include Class Act, and he was in Harlem Nights, where he played Tommy Smalls, the brother of Arsenio Hall's character. In 1993, Ford directed and produced a play called South of Where We Live. So I did not know that um, Mr. Ford had directing and producing credits in theater. So that was really cool to find out. And Portia, something else I found out is that he is also or was an author. He wrote two inspirational books for children entitled Positive Attitude and I Am Responsible for Me. So did you know Tommy was an author? Did you have any idea? I had no idea. No, I thought he was just out here acting. No, so Tommy had many jobs. Yes, turns (laughs) out Tommy had a bunch of jobs. Tommy had a bunch of jobs. Um, So though we were blessed with his talents on screen for many years, Thomas Ford did transition to his eternal resting place pretty suddenly, if my memory serves me correctly, on October 12, 
2016. So I remember that happening and how shocked uh, we were. We definitely lost a cultural treasure and mm-hmm. icon and Tommy, but um, still enjoy watching those older episodes of Martin. So shout out to, to Tommy. We also have a guest appearance by Frank Jenkins. In this episode, Frank Jenkins plays Dr. Abbott, one of our more seasoned members of the Hillman University or Hillman College campus family. Uh, Frank Jenkins was born on April 11, 1925 in Seattle, Washington. He's an actor known for his role on A Different World, as well as appearances on Chichi 7 and Acceptable Risk. Uh, he is primarily a poet and a playwright. We could not find a lot on his background and work in history, but we do know that he passed away on August 28, 2014 in Los Angeles, California. So shout out to Frank Jenkins for his work and contributions to the performing arts. All right, so let's get into this episode. LaRonda, you want to walk us through? Sure, it will be my pleasure. So the show opens up in our favorite hangout spot, the pit. Walter enthusiastically walks in with a stack of newspapers as he is uber excited to establish the details of his regular Saturday night date with Jaleesa. Jaleesa. Remember that? (laughs) Who appears a bit uneasy when he approaches her. As Walter goes through the list of entertainment options, inclusive of Chinese acrobats, Jaleesa hesitantly informs Walter that she won't be able to accommodate his plans, if it's okay with him, of course, because her ex-husband, Lamar, is coming to town and wants to take her out. Girl, don't do it. Don't do it. Meanwhile, Whitley allows someone to skip her in line so that she can ear hustle on the couple's conversation. She hears Jaleesa ask if Walter is concerned about her reconnecting with her ex-husband over dinner. Walter appears to confidently indicate that he's okay with it, and he reminds Jaleesa that they are not in a serious relationship anyway, and her ex-husband is just that, her ex-husband. He's a part of her ex-life, so he's perfectly okay with it. Jaleesa, understandably, is a bit taken back by his response that he's so comfortable with her going out with her ex. But Walter, being Walter, jokingly puts the ball back in Jaleesa's court, you know, gives her a taste of her own medicine and indicates that actually his old and very attractive girlfriend should be coming to see him soon anyway. We see a little jealousy creep into Jaleesa's response about this very attractive ex-girlfriend, but she rolls with the joke nonetheless and apologizes again for breaking their date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grown folks shall. Yes. The one thing that stood out to me about this initial scene is when Walter says, if we were serious, that would be a different story. But hey, that's not our story. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is, you know, his response to Jaleesa's, you know, saying or asking him, are you okay with me going out with Lamar? 
So immediately, Portia, I started thinking in relationships, right? When and how does one know when it's serious? Because mm. from the scene or from the dialogue, we see that and we know the two have been talking and there's some romantic interest because they've been a, a, basically a couple for a minute now. Because didn't Walter express interest in her in like episode one or two? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously they're in a situation ship. So this automatically got me to thinking, how do we navigate situationships? And I guess, I don't know. How are you supposed to know when it's serious? Have you ever been in a situation ship? Uh, well, let's see. I think the, it, of course, it, everything comes down to communication. And although it can be awkward, you probably just need to straight up ask, what is this? What are we doing? Because yeah, there's been times where I've been like, I think, I think we're boyfriend and girlfriend, but I'm not sure. And I know I'm not seeing nobody else, but I'm not sure what you like, how would you define this? If someone were to ask you who I am to you, what would you say? You know, and it's an awkward thing. Because you kind of realize, oh, I don't, I don't know where this person stands. I think I know, but I don't know for sure. But yeah, sometimes you just have to just come out and say it. What is, what are we doing? Okay. What is this? What do you want this to be? And I see your point, but here's the conundrum. And I wish, almost wish we had a a male (laughs) guest on the show to really, you know, give us this other side of things because I was having this a similar conversation amongst a group amongst a group of friends recently, right? And these were male and female friends. And one of the gentlemen said that when a woman asked him, "What is this?" basically that ran him off. I mean, you know, and I think that tells you what you need to know. <laughs> True. If you if you can't say I I would like to I want this to be exclusive or I want this to be non-exclusive, you know, I like I like us being friends. I actually don't think that we are romantic partners. I think that you're just a good buddy. You know, if you can't say that or if it turns you off some type of way that somebody were to ask you the question to get clarification, I think that tells you what you need to know. Like, why That's Why is true. that a problem? Why, why would you rather keep things vague? And why would you want to, why would you want to placate that so that true. you don't run somebody off? No, if you want clarity, then get clarity. That's true. But also, you know, to add to your point, be ready and willing to deal with the consequences of it. Yeah, yeah. If you ask for clarity and they're like, no, clarity turns me <laughs> off, <laughs> then you just going to have to deal with just being alone, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I don't, situationships seem to be the story of my life. Well, I don't, I don't join the club. I am. I am very, generally very hesitant to say or to ask the question, what are we? So I, the way I navigate these things, I just assume that you doing you, and so I'm going to be over here doing me. 
and but I I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I said I was the one to say okay are we let's put a title on it or let's label it I just assumed that you know even though it may look smell taste as Madea used to say even though it walked like a duck quack like a duck ass flat mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um I generally, you know, as a heterosexual female, the way I navigate things, right? I'm not just saying this is true of all heterosexual females, but the way I navigate my relationship with my um, involvement with gentlemen in the past or historically has been, I'll just wait until they say something. Meanwhile, I'm open Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm available. I'm single and ready to mingle. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, that I think that's I think that's fine as long as when the question is asked of you, you <laughs> say, I'm I'm out here. <laughs> I've been, you know, I'm I have been mingling. And, you know, I think the pro I think the trouble comes when people try to cover stuff up and try to be like, Oh True. yeah, you know, this is this is monogamous. I've been I've been here. Just it's just you and me the whole time when it when it hasn't been so you know i think you you do what you want to do and and you navigate how you want to navigate but just you know everybody just be upfront and and say what you're doing <laughs> so that they yeah. can so that they can be in a consensual relationship you know when you withhold that information True. from someone you're, they they think they're doing something that they're not and that's not yeah. fair I, I need growth in the area of just I mean, we all do. Even <laughs> even though, like, I'm saying what I'm saying, which is I'm describing my actions. I never really articulate that, and so my my mo has been don't ask, don't tell. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I don't ask you. You don't ask me. And <laughs> if you get to the point where you're ready, even though I can be have a moment of transparency here, I've had situationships where I wanted it to be you know something committed or mm-hmm. I've wanted a label my pride won't allow me to ask for it or to put the question out so I'll still navigate it as don't ask don't tell but yeah it's hard it is it's you know it's easier said than done to just be like yeah. well girl just say something just ask just, you know just tell them what you want it's <laughs> it's different when you actually have to be the one to be like, um, yeah. I would like a monogamous relationship, relationship. please. <laughs> I want a title. I would like a title. I, I want your girlfriend, and you I want you to introduce me to your friends as your girlfriend. Right. <laughs> Don't just say this is Lawanda. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but so there's something else going on in this as this plot is developing. Um, Jalisa. Is thinking about seeing her ex-husband. Ooh. Is she flirting with disaster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, this is this is Lamar. This is Slick M- Lamar that we've been hearing bits and pieces about uh, since last season. Since season one. And, you know, she... Uh, a lot of times when we do hear about him, it's, it's not in the most flattering way. She still harbors some, you know, some negative feelings about him, but also tied up in that are are some strong feelings. There was love there. 
And it ended because he cheated on her, if you remember. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that can be very challenging for many obvious reasons. But (laughs) in in the sense that the relationship ended not by her doing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's something that he did to her. Up until that moment, she was probably, you know, very much in love with him. Yeah. And so for it to end so, so painfully like that. Yeah. You know, those those feelings are still can still be there. They're still at yeah. the surface, even though you're trying to cover it up with I hate that man. Right, right. You're setting yourself up to see him, not just see him, but to go out on a date with him. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to be very careful because, uh, you know, under the right light and, you know, you got the music going and you're looking good. Couple of cocktails. Yeah. You start thinking oh. about the old times. Because I think she is over 21 now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she so, is grown. And before we move on to the next scene, I just have to give a shout out to my girl, Whitley, and explain to you and our listeners again why Whitley is my girl. Whitley is so me because this is what <laughs> she did that is so LaRonda. She catches a whiff of the tea. She lets this girl skip her in line <laughs> so she can get closer to Walter and Jaleesa mm-hmm. to get all the tea. Like, that is so quintessential LaRonda. And I'm like, this really? See, this is why you my girl. Because <laughs> th- that is that is me. That's what I would do. Girl, and Whitley didn't just listen. Whitley jumped in at the very <laughs> end <laughs> and gave her a little two cents, and but then got kicked out. But it reminded me of something that I did. I Everybody likes to ear hustle every now and then. Sometimes you can't help it. But one time I was minding my business. The news came to me. I didn't go to the news. Okay. And uh, so I'm sitting there. And <laughs> and this girl was talking to a friend of mine. She She knew this girl as her friend. I didn't know who she was. And so they were talking. I'm sitting next to, to the friend, the mutual friend. They were talking together, but the girl was not very quiet about what she was talking about. She was, mm-hmm. she was saying that she had an encounter with a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I recognized the name. So my ears perked, but I also was trying to pretend like I wasn't hearing nothing. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know. My eyes were on my dinner plate, but I was definitely listening. Girl. And then I slipped up and said something in response to <laughs> to what was being said. And I was just like, I don't even know how to <laughs> how to play this off. Like on the color purple. Time to go. Time to go. I just I said something. I think I turned my head and said something too. And then I just like turned back and just tried to get back into whatever it was that I was pretending to do. Oh, I was so embarrassed because usually I, I try to keep my cool. Yeah, but... you got to keep your cool now. Now, <laughs> now I am good. I'm not Whitley in that regard. I can shut up. That was the one time. It, But it it was so, girl, the gossip was so juicy. I, I just, I just slipped. That tea was good, honey. That, was, that wasn't no common chamomile, huh? No, <laughs> that was a what do you call it? a zinger, whatever Celestial <laughs> Seasons be doing. <laughs> had caffeine all up in it. Yeah, okay. So 
In the next scene, we pivot to Kim and Dwayne as Kim is diligently trying to prep him for what I believe is an anatomy exam, but Dwayne is on struggle. Next, Whitley slides over to spill the tea about Jaleesa's expected visitor, but Kim and Dwayne are a bit dismissive. Girl, don't you hate when you give somebody some good tea? <laughs> they don't appreciate it like don't you appreciate do. It. But let me tell you, thank God for my friends because I got some good friends. And my friends <laughs> love the tea. I'd be like, girl, the kettle is boiling. They'd be like, here's my cup. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like Whitley in that regard as well. I'm like, who, honey? Let me spill the tea. Get your cup out. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Kim, well, at least Dwayne. Dwayne's thoughts are elsewhere. Dwayne ain't yeah. trying to think about no, you know, I don't care what Jaleesa's doing or about to do. I got to get through this class. Yes. As I'm not used to feeling like I'm struggling. Right, right. So, you know, I kudos to Kim and Dwayne for keeping their focus. But like I can't say enough, I love to sip me some tea, honey. <laughs> so whenever it comes, please, here's my cup. <laughs> And, you know, again, this is about a grown woman and her grown woman activities. And these are still youngins. You know, they're 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 not talking about it in such an explicit way like they were in season one, where it was like, oh, my gosh, Jaleesa, she's a divorcee. True. But also, it's very apparent that these are early 20 somethings have never been married. They don't know what it's like. And so, yeah, that is exciting when you hear somebody yeah. talking about real stuff and yeah. not just talking about struggling with an anatomy exam. This this real life we talk about. Yeah. And also, just to add to what you just said, even though their, their um, amusement with Jaleesa's ex-husband and her former married life is not at a 10 <laughs> the way it was in season one, Willie still has some serious curiosity. It's, yeah. it's, it's still a hot topic. Yeah. All right. So later on that evening at McClurkin Hall, we see Walter sweeping. Um, and he's sweeping quite angrily. He's got some passion in that sweeping. <laughs> <laughs> As Dwayne arrives, basketball in hand, ready to hit the court. However, Dwayne notices that Walter is feeling some kind of way and asks Walter if he is in any way bothered by the impending visitor. BKA Lamar. It's obvious that he is because he remarks, Who's coming? Desmond Tutu? Dwayne offers an ear to listen if Walter wants to vent and then gives some unsolicited advice, essentially telling Walter that he should, you know, go check Lamar out, see what it's about. He also warns Walter not to get too comfortable with his girl seeing her ex-husband because there's no doubt that they have a sexual history. Well, of course, they they were (laughs) married. So let's just start with Desmond Tutu. There's a reference to Desmond Tutu. You got to love the um, cultural references that a different world makes to the black iconic figures of the day, right? From entertainment to music to political activism. So for our classmates who may need a refresher or for our younger listeners who may not know, Bishop 
Desmond Tutu is a South African Anglican cleric and theologian known for his work as an anti-apartheid and human rights activist. Theologically, he sought to fuse ideas from black theology with African theology. Um, just to highlight some of his accomplishments really quickly, in 1985, he became the first black bishop of Johannesburg and in 1986, the first black archbishop of Cape Town, uh, which is the most senior position in Southern Africa's Anglican hierarchy. After President F.W. de Klerk released anti-apartheid activist Nelson Mandela from prison in 1990, Bishop Tutu and Nelson Mandela prepared to lead negotiations to end apartheid in South Africa, and they introduced multiracial democracy. So Bishop Tutu has an extensive uh, reputation and legacy as a profound bishop um, and religious leader, as well as political activist. So just a little bit about him. Now, back to the scene. I, okay, listen. Uh, what? I just want to say, what the heck is going on in McClurkin Hall? That was a <laughs> mess. <laughs> and Walter got to clean all that up. How is this even possible? How is this not a dorm meeting? Honey, I think those men's dorms are just a different animal. I mean, ain't no way in the world Walter should have been the one cleaning up. But we will find out. We'll, we'll, Walter's going to give his resume a little bit later. This man got a whole bunch of jobs, and one of them apparently is janitor yeah. at McClurkin Hall. Not just dorm director, but yeah. he is cleaning up their mess. Woo. Yeah. So... You also got to appreciate in this scene the PG language that we use <laughs> in this family sitcom that airs 7.30 Central <laughs> right? on a weekday night. Dwayne says consummate <laughs> when he's referring to this, the fact that Jaleesa obviously has had sex with her husband or when he was her husband. And that's a perfect word to talk over children. It really is. Because you got to look that word up. You ain't, I mean, you would have no idea what that word even means or or possibly not even know how to spell it to look it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to start. Be like, go to your parents. Mommy, what does consummate start with? <laughs> what does what? it mean? What does it mean? I ain't gonna lie. As a kid, I was a little bit precocious, so I would hear certain words on television. And my mom was a kindergarten teacher, so my phonics were pretty solid. I would mm -hmm. look stuff up real quick. <laughs> True story. I wanted to know how sex was defined, so I went and looked that up in the encyclopedia and a dictionary, but they didn't have very good descriptions. Oh, all right. Because, <laughs> you know, I was hearing the word. I was like, what does this mean? Might as well, yeah. Keep the curiosity but, open. Go go learn something. <laughs> Find it out. I remember when I looked it up in the encyclopedia, the definitions and the explanations of it had more so to do with the anatomy, right? Differences in anatomy between male and female. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was like, no, there's something else to it because whenever they talk about sex, or when I see it on television, there's like kissing involved <laughs> in a bed, but couldn't figure it out. Anyway, in due time. 
so going back to Walter and Jaleesa's relationship dynamic, did you ever wonder uh, at any point why they didn't have a title at this point? You know, I don't think I even wondered that. But now that you mention it, yeah, I'm a little surprised in that these are the grown folks. And, you know, you would think that they would have had a conversation or put a title to it a lot sooner, you know, and there would be some some level of clarity, especially on the part of Jaleesa, being that she had already been through a marriage and mm-hmm. probably would be less inclined to do the whole gamesmanship or whatever you know even if it was I'm not ready for a committed relationship I just got out of one mm-hmm. I'm not looking for nothing but a friend whatever just putting it out there and making it plain and so then they could they could act accordingly so I'm a little surprised that there's a little grayness there got you I don't know what do you think would you have expected something different no I, feel- <laughs> <laughs> I mean as a 40-something single person. (laughs) This is how life tends to be when trying to date. But also, I was, it really got me thinking about what my preferences are in terms of who broaches the conversation. And so, you know, we were saying earlier, it's it's really a good idea if you want to know to just ask. But do you have a preference? Like, would you prefer the other person to say to you, hey, like, let's make it official? <clears throat> Ooh. Or is it, do, is it just whoever thinks of it first, like, just should just say something first? I'll, for me, I prefer for it to come from the guy. Yeah, you know, yes and no. Only because, and I guess it, it really is just situational. I would prefer it to come from the guy, but also it would be very awkward if it came from the guy and I wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like if he's just like, you know, Uh-oh. I think yeah. I think this is, I want to be serious. I, I want to take this to the next level or I want to put a title on this. And I'm just like, Ugh. now you we just, got to have the awkward conversation. Right, Cause you just like, I really like having these free meals with you, but that's all. <laughs> right. Can we just keep doing what we're doing right now? I don't want that to stop. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of having that that situation. But, yeah, I think it depends. It depends. Okay. That's fair. (laughs) It's hard to say. Yeah, I get Um, it. Yeah. Okay, one more question. What do you think is – I think I know what you're going to say how you're going to respond, but do you think there's like a typical time frame or window in which these conversations need to be had? So let's say you're seeing someone for four weeks or two months or three months or six months. Like, do, or, and do you have a cutoff? Ooh, again, it depends um yeah I mean you know if I want to be serious with this person probably three months should be enough to to be able to express that okay and and just say you know I I think that 
I see a future with you or, you know, I really like you, you know, let, let's have a conversation. But on the other side, sometimes it is nice to just kind of keep things a little bit gray so you can mm-hmm. still figure out what it is that you want to do. Like, I wouldn't want to give myself a cutoff date of three months and then be like, okay, girl, you got to say something. Okay. Because if I, you know, if I don't, if I still don't know, I reserve my right to not know <laughs> okay. how I feel about this person quite yet right. okay. um, or where I want to go. You know, and I also thought about, and I'm going to ask you uh, the same question, but I also thought, so Walter and Jaleesa are in what I assume is the middle of nowhere in Virginia <laughs> on yeah. this campus, and they found each other. Sometimes situations like that happen where it's like, Amen. I don't see nobody else. Been there, done that. You know, you you the one for me right here, right now. I kind of feel like, or not I feel like, but I wonder if this is a situation like that. And maybe that's also why there's a little bit of miscommunication, yeah. grayness going on. Because the truth of the matter is, if Jaleesa was back home in New Jersey, right, Walter wouldn't stand a chance. Do they just have a relationship of convenience? There you go. I said yeah. a lot of words, but you <laughs> you cut to the chase. Yeah. Is this a relationship of convenience? I've had those too. <sighs> yeah, I just to, to tell this story really quickly, there was a guy that I was seeing at some point, and um, I was a little younger, and me- mentally, I kn- I did not see a future with him, but it was definitely a situation of convenience and you know we had gone on for a couple of months and he was older of course because that's what I do (laughs) and he was ready like he wanted to get married and have kids right with somebody and he got to the point we were a couple of months into our situation ship or whatever he was like looking for another job and he girl he asked me well if I where's somewhere a place you would like to move I was like huh and then I was like well you know you just go ahead honey don't don't make decisions based on places I think I may want to live and for him that was like what you mean tell me we've been here all this time and you're not even serious about this but yeah yeah I mean you know also there's levels to this when I said three months I'm not talking about like where where do we want to live <laughs> and when are we getting married yeah. i mean like are we uh, you know exclusive. are we exclusive? exclusive yeah 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 i got that but i was just thinking about that you talked about a relation a situation of convenience mm-hmm, but for mm-hmm. me like this went on for a lot longer than 3 months oh <laughs> but but because i didn't say anything you know and he didn't really say anything you know, he had the impression that I was somewhere that I wasn't. Right. And right. so it, when it, it got to the point where feelings were hurt and mm. it just wasn't good. So it would have been better for me to have communicated that. Well, you live and you learn. But you live and you learn. Okay. So next we see Jaleesa and Freddie having a little girl time in their room back in Gilbert Hall as Jaleesa is trying on outfits to see what she's going to wear for her date with Lamar. Freddie 
is crooning over the possibility that the stars could be aligning for Jaleesa and Lamar to get back together. Oh, Freddie. Freddie then reminds Jaleesa of couples that have gotten back together. She names Sean and Madonna, Peaches and Herb, you know that song, Reunited and It Feels So Good, and her <laughs> aunt and uncle. However, Jaleesa insists that she is only being courteous by going out on a date. Well, if you're going, if you're just being courteous, girl, then why are you changing dresses six times? As Freddie reminds her. The scene ends with Freddie probing for more information about the status of Jaleesa and Walter's relationship, to which Jaleesa gives no reply. Mm-hmm. So, Portia, you are like the pop culture icon diva. Who is Sean? Do you know? Girl, listen. <laughs> Sean Penn and Madonna. Don't you know? <laughs> I knew you would know, though. I knew you would know. I was like, I'm not even going to Google because I already know. Yes, that's Sean Penn and Madonna. They were the they were the it couple of the eighties. Um, I don't know a lot, but I know that they were together for just, I think a few years. But it was it was some volatile years. They were in the news okay. for public arguments and public displays of affection mm-hmm. and stuff. And Madonna was on the rise. He was a big star. She was a big star. And okay, I I, I let's see. Uh, maybe the equivalent of of a of a Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Okay. Of okay. today. You can actually say of today because they got okay. back together. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. I knew you would know. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna save this moment to have an authentic <laughs> reveal from my bestie because she'd be on the pop uh pop culture moments. Mm-hmm. And again, a different world gives us those cultural references. Peaches and Herb with their song Reunited. Mm-hmm. Thank you, A Different World. I'm surprised they said Sean and Madonna. Who else could they have said that was Black back then? I don't know, especially with the getting back together. Uh, classmates, y'all let us know. Who who was the, the Black couple that was in the news back then that was breaking up and getting back together? Whitney and Bobby? That was in the nineties, but that okay. okay. I, I don't know. I don't know if they publicly broke up, but I mean, you know, they they were a couple that was going strong when they were going strong. Yeah, true, true. So it seems like Jaleesa has something to prove. Maybe she wants to, you know, show the glow up, right? So yeah. to speak. Um, have and you she ever wants closure or closure? You know, you would think she got closure when she signed the papers, but <laughs> right. I think I think she want to, you know, have a look at me now moment. Cause, I think you're right, and I can say that because I've been there. Okay, all right, go but, ahead. You know, and you know, I knew I was going to be in the same vicinity or room as an ex, and I worked extra hard to make sure that Joker knew what you lost, <laughs> what you could have had. Uh huh. But you know, whatever. So. But yeah, I, I think she was on that look at me now tip. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, and I've also had exes where, you know, I knew I would be interfacing with them and I just didn't give a crap. Like, okay. that's how I knew I was over it too, though. Yeah. Like, like, get my hair done for what? I don't care. Right. 
He gonna like I'm gonna wear these sweats and this t-shirt. What whatever. <laughs> yeah, those are two different. That's power from two different positions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, from on the one hand, you are very aware, very conscious of their presence, and so you mm-hmm. want to put on your best self, your your best face, and show who you are without them. But on the other hand, it, there's power in indifference. And just kind of saying, this is how little you mean to me right now. I'm not going to mm-hmm. put any effort into it or my my um, my attention is elsewhere. And mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's good seeing you. Oh, nice running into you. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Take care. I'm, I'm doing something else. So yeah, I, there's two different messages that are being sent. <laughs> that that kind of uh you know lets that other person know where they you know how much time that they occupy in your head right right yeah all right so moving right along downstairs in the lobby of gilbert hall Dwayne and kim have resumed their studying still frustrated at not being able to grasp the topic Dwayne leaves as Whitley enters and sits down to chat with Kim about her skepticism regarding Lamar. Freddie then floats downstairs to join the conversation with her romanticized insights about the couple reconnecting, but Whitley shuts it down. Again, that's why Whitley, my girl. (laughs) As the ladies continue their chatter, in walks the infamous ex-husband himself, with a dapper suit and roses in hand. And them them glasses too, them shades. Oh, and the shades. Yes, yes, yes. Shades <laughs> and doors. That's the eighties. That's that girl, people do that now. Be in a club <laughs> at night with shades. That's that's when I know it's time to go. Okay. <laughs> Should be in the club, no way. <laughs> but the group appears smitten by the ex as they make introductions. And Jaleesa appears downstairs with a cute red blouse and figure-flattering pencil skirt. Jaleesa and Lamar immediately catch glances, and it's obvious that at a minimum, there is still some physical attraction there. Mm-hmm. As the pair exchange tender hellos, Walter busts in on the scene, and Jaleesa is noticeably caught off guard. Jaleesa then introduces the gentleman and Walter attempts to mark his territory by inserting himself into the conversation and indicating that, oh yeah, I've heard all about you, Lamar. (laughs) Unbothered, Lamar escorts Jaleesa to the door and the pair make their exit to the Mandalay Inn, which is obviously a very fancy restaurant because Walter makes comments about them needing to wash dishes before they leave. So we know it's pretty pricey and probably some a la carte ordering. Mm-mm. What you think about this uh, <laughs> this grand entrance by Mr. Lamar Collins? Honey, Tommy did that. <laughs> yes. Roses in hand, honey, just all the swag. Just swagalicious, honey. I mean, you know, and making his way around the room, basically looking at all the women in the room and look at, mm-hmm. and, you know, shaking hands and kissing hands. And yeah. So we know he is quite the charmer. Yes. We know he is. Um, my girlfriends and I call him an F boy. 
<laughs> keep it PG in case somebody's listening listening to this around their kids. But you know, he's he's the quintessential elf boy. Like it's obvious when he walks in the room. He yeah, he knows how to work a room. He's very charismatic, and you can see, uh, like you said, there's there's that chemistry that's still there between Jaleesa and Lamar. It's mm-hmm. undeniable. And you know, as soon as she walks in, he only has eyes for her. He only has eyes for her. So or at say. least that's you know that's part of the game. That's the front he puts on. So, again, you know, going back to my girl Whitley, <laughs> in the conversation that the girls are having about Lamar, right? And we've been here. We talk about, um, or we have discussions and conversations about the guys that our friends are dating. And so there are two different views here. Whitley is very pessimistic. She actually says something that sounds very much like me when they're talking about um, the history between Lamar and Jaleesa and one thing Whitley says is she's like Lamar was too busy keeping several relationships going mm-hmm. to me that's the classic Lorada like I'm I'm out usually I'm not gonna say all men cheat but I'm gonna go with 98 percent okay so, <laughs> I'm always of the mindset the 98 percent Got two situations going. So, yeah, they're always going to be busy. Freddie, on the other hand, is very optimistic. Like, Jaleesa, this could be a reunited. Maybe you're you, the two of you are older now. You realize how much you miss each other. And something magical can happen. So, saying all of that to say, when and if you've had those girlfriend conversations about our girlfriends, guys, or potential suitors, do you tend to take the more pessimistic view or the optimistic view? Uh, I feel like I've I've been saying it depends this whole time, but <laughs> well, that's, that's true. It it depends. I try to be more optimistic. Assuming that I don't know everything, all I know is what I see or what's been told to me. So if I if I think negatively, maybe I don't know the whole story. So I try to be optimistic, but not not in a Pollyanna kind of way, mm-hmm. where it's like you know, oh girl, it's gonna be great. Then there's no way it's getting it can turn bad. This is all positive. So I try to, well, okay, maybe, maybe what I really want to say is I, I try to be supportive mm-hmm. and I try not to rain on somebody's parade like that. But, you know, if I see some red flags, I, you know, I see them, I notice them and I might try to indicate a little bit to them, but I'm not going, I'm not, I, I, I won't necessarily be like, girl, this is, you finna mess up. Yeah, I will say that I keep my pessimism to myself. Yeah, I don't generally share it. I'm sharing it on the podcast, but it's not directed towards anybody in particular. Right. <laughs> right. right. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So that's just kind of my general view. But if I have a friend who's excited, you know, about a new guy, I do try to go along and be supportive. Now, if I know that you know, we're blindly going somewhere that we probably shouldn't be going. 
I generally just, and I, we've had this conversation before on the podcast, but I will generally just sit back and be ready with with the tissue paper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the Kleenex, and you know that girls' night out for whatever. But yeah, and and if if I do see something, and I instead of just being like, girl, you can't, because this, that, and third, instead I'll just ask some questions, and I won't I won't be too probing about it, but yeah, I'll just be like, oh well have you asked them about this or, mm-hmm. you know, what do you know about that? Or have you had this conversation or what do you think about this? Just try to ask a few questions to see where her head's at and, and, and accept whatever answer I receive. And mm-hmm. that's it. Just to be like, I, it's, I put it out there. What you do with that is what you do with that. And I hope that you make the best decision for yourself and, And I'll be here if you need me. Right, right. Okay. So uh, just to wrap up this scene, after Jaleesa and Lamar clear the door, Kim, Freddie, and Whitley begin to swoon over Jaleesa's date. So, honey, he's turned on the charm. He's even got Whitley doing a 180. (laughs) Sure did, because Whitley was anti- Cause and they're talking about like how fine this man is, honey. Yes, they all like the package is the package. Okay, the package <laughs> the package is hitting. Mm-hmm. Willie even goes to the point where she hits a soprano note. All right, and the three jovially make their way back upstairs. Meanwhile, Walter, feeling a bit or maybe a lot insecure. But still in good spirits, because Walter's Walter, makes his departure, and he knows that he's about to go get some pie. Uh-huh. Poor Walter. <laughs> well, listen, look, ain't no poor poor Walter too much, because Walter let this man know, listen, I'm a grad student, I'm the dorm <laughs> director, I'm the football and track coach. We're not even going to talk about baseball, which we will find out in a couple of episodes. He's also the baseball coach. True, true. So Walter's out here running Hillman College. And what's he Lamar doing? Running women. Okay. <laughs> which is what we're going to find out. Yeah. So, you know, Walter got a little something going on. Him and his uh, good purple sweater. <laughs> Right, right, right. He put on his good sweater. So, quick question, or let me get your thoughts on this. Walter, seeing, you know, he came over to check Lamar out. Do you think that was a good idea? I'll start with me. I think it was a bad idea. To me, ignorance is bliss. I don't want to see it. Yeah, I understand the curiosity, though. It's, It's hard to resist seeing what your competition is that's why you send your people over portia true true because see your girl's gonna make you feel a little better anyway girl she ain't all that right (laughs) her heel was leaning yeah but you know walter don't really have friends like that on campus true true he's got he's got those college students and then he's got the the grown grown folks Right. on campus and we'll see them uh later on in the episode he'll go to them for a little advice but yeah he took some advice from Dwayne talking about something yeah you need to go on and, and right, check right. out 
this child told him to go. Right. Was probably not the best, especially with where he was mentally. Yeah. He wasn't going to be able to, because he didn't think about what if he, what if he realizes that this guy may be better than him, may may look mm-hmm. better than him. Mm-hmm. You know, he already has the advantage that, you know, in that he has history with Jaleesa. Right. You know, he didn't know how how good Jaleesa was going to look. Right, right. You oh, know, yeah. Because he was, he was in his feelings about that, too. Yeah, that's a factor. You see that she put some major effort, not major effort. Jaleesa is, is a gorgeous woman, but, you know, yeah. she put effort into making sure that she looked her best mm-hmm. for that evening. And Walter Walter saw that and he was like, oh, wait a minute. What is this? And then I think she introduced him as a friend, right? Yeah. Yeah, she did. So, yeah. He didn't check with himself just yet to see, how am I going to react if these things happen? Am I going to be able to keep my cool? And clearly he was not able to keep his cool. He was acting a plum fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... On that note, we (laughs) will pause here and take a break. And then when we return, we will see how this all bodes out for Walter and Jaleesa and Lamar. (laughs) And Lamar. All right. Hang tight, guys. And girls. (laughs) And non-binary. And non-binary. People. Everybody. Hillman Class Reunion is committed to supporting institutions that center Black people and communities. We hope that as you return week after week to listen to our podcast, you will hear us use our voices in support of historically Black colleges and universities. And we encourage our classmates to learn about, advocate for, and actively support these institutions of higher education. The coronavirus pandemic has impacted every part of society with Black lives, Black communities, and Black institutions being among the hardest hit. Therefore, all season long, we will highlight and donate to a variety of HBCUs, which have long been the foundation of Black excellence, Black intelligence, and Black innovation. Now more than ever, these institutions need our support. This week, we are highlighting and donating to Claflin University in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Founded in 1869, Claflin is the alma mater of Ernest Adolphus Feeney Jr., the first African-American Supreme Court justice appointed to the South Carolina Supreme Court. Go to claflin.edu, that's C-L-A-F-L-I-N dot E-D-U, or hillmanclassreunion.com slash WordPress to learn more about Claflin and ways you can support. All right, we're back. Portia's yawning. Okay, I'm ready. Sorry. (laughs) All right, and welcome back, classmates. So, we have to see what happens with Walter and Jaleesa. So, in the next scene, we see Walter in the gym using a punching bag to blow off some steam. Because if you can recall from an earlier scene when Dwayne comes in with the basketball, he says something to the tune of, you know, when guys are upset, they essentially, they don't talk about their feelings. They physicalize. Right, right, right. (laughs) Is the word that Dwayne uses. So we see Walter in the gym physicalizing. (laughs) <laughs> on this punching bag to blow off some steam. 
when Dwayne enters, he knows that Walter took his advice. So he's anxiously probes him to figure out or to find out what happens. But Walter has some choice words for Dwayne. And we see that Walter really regrets even talking to the youngster and taking his advice. And he runs Dwayne out of the gym. I totally get it. <laughs> Have you ever received bad relationship advice? Uh, not really, because I don't ask for it. Okay, all right. <laughs> not really. What about you? Uh, I'm sure I have. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I have, but um, I can't recall. But one thing I have to know about Dwayne and Walter, Dwayne gave some unsolicited advice. And that's true. Yeah. I I I'm guilty of doing it. I hate it when it's done to me, and I must admit that I'm guilty of doing it sometimes, but I'm trying to be better about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying I want to offer advice only when it's solicited. And I prefer advice when I solicit it. Because yeah. a lot of times when I'm doing something I don't need to be doing, I know or that's a probably a bad decision. I generally know it's a bad decision. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, have to see it play out but yeah yeah I've I've gotten unsolicited advice too but because it's unsolicited and usually because I don't I don't share much I know it's not really based on any real information so I I'll listen a little bit but I don't yeah. really take it you know I just put it in my back pocket but yeah um yeah so <laughs> Something else about this exchange between Walter and Dwayne that I made note of is Walter makes a, a Bible reference. He says, out of the mouths of babes come teeth. <laughs> Which is a good line. I like that. Which is a really good line because, you know, the Bible reference talks about, you know, children can say things that are wise. So Mm -hmm. you can't negate, you know, what children say all the time, right? Because they do make some valid points and they may have some wisdom to share on occasion. But Walter is like, you know what? You are a baby. You are a child. I took your advice. And for that, I should take out your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) So you best be moving. But yeah, I I appreciate it. You know, the, the Bible nerd in me really caught that and I had to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I found this, uh, this scene to be kind of funny and interesting. It's not often that we see Walter kind of off his game a bit. Yeah. He's bothered. He actually is showing aggression because Walter's always the, the happy go lucky, always joking around kind of dude. And in this scene and the previous scene, we're seeing that he's, he has insecurities and, it's different seeing him in that in that light in that position. We're seeing a different side of Walter Oaks. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So, what is Walter to do next? Well, he does what any wise person would do in a punch. He goes to seek out some OGs. All right. <laughs> so, Walter decides to go visit with some OGs. So back at the pit, which is closed, we see the original gangsters, Colonel Taylor, Mr. Gaines, and Dr. Abbott 
enjoying some reprieve from the youngsters while playing poker and also enjoying a few cigars, accompanied by some nice gentlemanly trash talking. As Walter comes in to join the group, they immediately start joking about the fact that they have not seen much of him at all during their regular poker nights because Walter has been seeing Jaleesa and they tease him about being all in love now. Walter then informs the group that Jaleesa is actually out on a date with her ex-husband, to which Mr. Gaines replies, there's no such thing as an ex. Ah, uh, Mr. Gaines. <laughs> Hmm. Way to stuff on a brother ego. <laughs> the gentlemen then switch to bitwits so that Walter can join. Walter reveals that he's using reverse psychology, actually, by displaying indifference about Jaleesa's date. Mr. Gaines counters his strategy, noting that women like it when a man calls the shots. Oh. <laughs> So one of the first things about this scene to point out is I love the banter between Mr. Gaines and the guys. And um, he uses the term commie smokes. Commie smokes. Commie smokes. Right. When, uh, which definitely references um, his generation and possibly his participation in the Cold War because we know he was a, a veteran. Right. Yeah. And or like maybe North Korea. The Korean War, excuse me. And of course, Cuba has long since been a um, a communist um, country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, his his aversion to um, anything that comes from Cuba, right? Because of because of that communist connection, Mr. Gaines is not into it, right? And and also for context, in case someone. In case some of our listeners uh, haven't been able to watch this episode yet, the men were smoking cigars and someone offers Mr. Gaines a Cuban cigar. Colonel Taylor. Colonel Ta- Yes, Colonel Taylor. <laughs> Thank you. Offers Mr. Gaines uh, a Cuban cigar, which are really good. I've had one before. They're really good. I've never had, I've never smoked anything. But um, what what is so good about Cuban cigars? It's like, um, so I had a very, the, I didn't have the entire stick, but I took a couple of puffs of it. And so it was a milder one. The person I got it from thought, it would, you know, it was a pretty nice cigar for a lady and for a non-smoker as myself. But it, had a, it just had a really sweet, smooth taste to it. Hmm. Yeah, so. I have uncles um that would smoke cigars and mm-hmm. i have no idea what they were i'm sure they weren't expensive cuban cigars i'm right. i'm thinking that cuban cigars are expensive i don't think that they were cuban cigars at least what i saw but yeah i just remember the smell of cigars anytime i was around them but that was about it i even though i saw them and and i i actually kind of liked the smell <laughs> of 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 the cigars when I was around them I never I never wanted to smoke it I never wanted to try it oh but you know what though I think if you like the smell of it you might enjoy the actual stick if you know should you decide to want to try it one day I don't know I'm scared (laughs) every time I see people on tv trying you know smoking for the first time they they have really bad coughs and I'm just like, eh, maybe yeah, not. <laughs> so I, 
you know, side note, um, the first time I tried a cigar, I did not smoke it right. Because what I learned was that you can't smoke a cigar like a cigarette. It's not, you don't inhale it. Literally, oh. you like puff it or, you know, I guess I'm using the right word, but you take it in, but you don't inhale it. So really, you're just tasting it. Because oh. the, the first time I tried it, girl, I thought I was about to die. Because <laughs> I tried to smoke it like weed. <laughs> and I was like, inhale. And no, they were like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't do that. Oh, but yeah. Okay, well that that's the commie smokes that uh, <laughs> Mr. Gaines referred to. <laughs> so, and speaking of Mr. Gaines, so Mr. Gaines made a statement which I thought you know may be a bit controversial and may not be iterated the same if done today. But he says women. What did he say? Women like it when a man takes control, or Mm-hmm. Oh no, he says women like it when a man calls the shots. Right. Did you have any immediate feelings or reactions to Mr. Gaines' comment? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, he he represents um, certainly a lot of men in his age group, in his generation, that believe that way, and and I'm sure there's a lot of men today. And and even young men that that may believe that it's best if a man calls the shots, if a man takes the lead. And so I think, you know, again, if we think about what this episode would be like if done today, actually, I I I would don't I would almost think that they would have that same sentiment expressed because Colonel Taylor countered that and said, "Well, no, I think women." Um, what did he say? He said something to the effect of, you know, I think women are equal to men or something. Oh, okay. He sure did. I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot exactly what he said, but basically just to counter that perspective. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Mr. Gaines (laughs) had his retort and saying, okay, and, and where's your wife today? (laughs) (laughs) Girl, wasn't there another episode we reviewed recently where Somebody shaded Colonel Taylor about it was the Dwayne. Right, you remember Dwayne? He was he was uh, oh. trying to figure out what's going on with uh, Suzanne. Suzanne and, yeah, and so he right, was like, right. "I'm gonna get some advice from you. You know what it's like to deal with heartbreak. Your wife, right, left you. right. Poor Colonel Taylor. Yeah. Ah. Also, since we're talking about what might happen if this episode was done today. They might not have Mr. Gaines say commie smokes. True. Because commie is a derogatory term. True. So, yeah, he, yeah. They, they might say something else. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, classmates, that is not lost upon us. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Portia, for that uh, footnote. <laughs> uh, so, before we move on to the next thing, one more point I would like to bring up and discuss briefly from this particular scene is when Mr. Gaines says there's no such thing as an ex. For me, that made me think about what it's like to date a person that has been married before. And as people of a certain age, a lot of the, as single people, or let me speak for myself, as a single person of a certain age, who is interested in dating, who wants to date, 
uh, who likes to date is open to a serious relationship. Hint, hint, anybody listening? Slide in the DM. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of the dating pool that's available entails people who have been married before. So it made me think about my feelings about that. So I thought it might be an interesting discussion point to bring up and to just ask, do you have reservations for and for both of us to kind of reveal any, if any, reservations we may have about seriously dating someone who has been married before, especially in light of Mr. Gaines' remark? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was younger, for sure, especially being younger, and I mean like in my 20s, mm-hmm. somebody who, who had been married and then divorced, that that's a, that was a, a rarity, at least the people that I would encounter. So it just seemed like such a, it seemed like such an odd thing to come across. And if I did encounter someone who had that history, who was a divorced person, they probably were older. And mm-hmm. I just was not into older guys like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the idea of of considering a man who had been married just was not. I, that was a that was um, what's the word? That was a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Now, considering what you were you were alluding to earlier, yeah, in my uh, as a forty year old. <sighs> you're you're less likely to find someone who's who has been single their entire life there's a lot of yeah. people out out here who have you know who have been married before might even find somebody who's been married multiple times right so you kind of have to not be so precious about that and you know so so the fact that they've been married is not the issue it's really just a matter of how they um how they've dealt with with their relationships with their past relationships and how they've dealt with or are still dealing with their exes yeah and especially if children if, if children are involved exactly mm-hmm. so i think that's the bigger thing how how have they ended those relationships where do they stand today and if there's children involved how are they navigating that but just the simple fact that you've been married that's no longer a deal breaker yeah what about you? Uh, I, I'm the same. I won't go into death because you've pretty much echoed my sentiment. Like you, in my 20s, I was, you know, that wasn't, it was less desirable to be with someone that had been married before. And also very unlikely. But as I've gotten older, it's just the reality of dating and how it goes depends upon how they interact with their ex because I admittedly I do I I'm a jealous person so I definitely would have to have confidence that the person that I'm dealing with that they are like really done with their ex not necessarily not meaning they have a contentious relationship with their ex but I need to be confident that it's over mm-hmm. yeah and in those situations too it really takes maturity and respect on everyone's part oh yeah because you know you can have confidence yourself but you know it would have to be a superhero kind of person 
to be able to ignore that other woman who may be trying to insert herself at every, you know, at every opportunity into the relationship or the guy that's just acting like right. nothing's happening and not making sure that, that he does his part in, in um, making sure that you're secure in, in the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, everybody has to, has to play their role. Absolutely. Okay. So meanwhile, at the Mandalay Inn, Lamar is catching Jaleesa up on his recent accomplishments. He's assumed a managerial position at his job, and he revealed that Jaleesa inspired him to go back to college. Mm. As they are right, as they are chatting, we see Lamar's eyes wander as another woman walks by their table. But not too distracted, Lamar continues his conversation with Jaleesa, trying to convince her about how much he's changed and that the two of them would be a great pair. Okay, the power of two. As Jaleesa casually dismisses his idea, he kicks in the charm into full throttle with his seductive voice and bedroom gaze and attempts to take her for a cruise down memory lane that ain't nothing but the devil. <laughs> Girl, get to talking about how it used to be. That is the devil. <laughs> However, as they are taking this trip or stroll down memory lane, Jaleesa remembers that several days after the night he's referencing, she actually found him in bed with another woman by the name of Sonya. Jaleesa then recalls that at one point he was actually living with Sonya, and he confirms that he still is. Girl. Mm. Soon, Jaleesa has a moment of clarity and realizes that Lamar is still Lamar, and she leaves him at the restaurant. Hmm. So there's a, a lot that happens in this episode that I didn't cover in the summary. But one of the things that stood out to me is that in their conversation, he tells Jaleesa, you always kept me in line. Hell no. <laughs> I ain't raising nobody's child. Nobody's son. No, 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 no. Unless it's my own. Okay. <laughs> Girl, why does grown man need a mama? Hey. And he thought that was a compliment. He thought that was a compliment. No, bruh. You know, I think I think some people really think that they're giving women compliments when they say stuff like that. Like you were, you know, you helped me, you upgraded me, you did this, you did that. Do you know how much labor that is? Do you Girl, know how much I have work been, that is? Honey, I have been there, done that, won't do it again, ever. That's a lot. And and you're depending on that person to keep you in line. You won't keep yourself in line exactly that's not fair and what no. are you doing in exchange for that how are you adding to her life she's you know clearly you know how she's added to yours but what right. have you done to to make her life better and a lot of times they can't really say girl i heard this song oh my god what's her name by lettucey lettucey has this song entitled how can you add to me i was oh. like you better say that I need to hear that. Girl, yeah, that I love that song. I love Lettucey, but yeah, she has a song entitled How Can You Add to Me? I heard that a few years ago. I was like, you doggone right. Like <laughs> that's that's kind of how I enter or you know, navigate my situationships. Even if it's a situationship, I still need you to be adding to me. Right, right, right. Because I know what to bring to the table. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you have for me 
to feast on as well. But yeah, I, I was pretty perturbed by that line. And also, we uh-huh. find out the name of the woman that he cheated on Jaleesa with. Mm-hmm. And then find out that he's still with her. Still with her. And so now he's about to cheat back on the cheat that he cheated with. Girl. What in the Lam- world? Lamar gone Lamar. Ain't that something? Experience has taught me people can change, but most of the time, who a person is is who they are. Mm-hmm. And if Lamar was about those antics then, he's about those antics now. But thank God, Jaleesa had that moment of clarity. Well, you know, and and you saw it earlier, just a few moments earlier, the way that sitcoms work, everything goes so fast. But <laughs> but it was alluded to when they sat down and then that woman in the green dress True. walked past and he's True. looking at her. Jaleesa didn't didn't um, flinch, but I'm mm-hmm. sure she noticed yeah. and just had that in her back pocket. I really appreciated that they didn't they didn't have anybody react to it. It's yeah. just the audience caught it, and that's all you needed to know. This is right, right. adding to the story. Lamar still Lamar. <laughs> uh huh. So so when it comes to the to the final moment where Jaleesa says I'm I'm out, it's mm-hmm. like all right, girl, we we've been new. We hear the audience clap like yes, girl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Jaleesa has her moment of clarity. She leaves Lamar there. Because she realized he's still a snake. He's still the F-boy that we thought he was from the onset. She then co- goes to the pit uh, where she comes to apologize to Walter for introducing Walter to Lamar as just a friend and not the guy that she's been dating. She also brings Walter flowers. But Walter does not receive her apology with an open heart or open arms. Instead, he claps back with a little sarcasm, noting that flowers are for the dead. Mm. Upset, Jaleesa characterizes him as immature and leaves the pit. If you were in Walter's shoes, would you have been as open to an apology and the flowers? Um, yes, but that wouldn't have been the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I it it wouldn't have been just a thank you so much for the flowers we're good we have nothing else to talk about no I might be just a little tight I wouldn't be as tight as Walter like I wouldn't make it so difficult for the other person mm-hmm. because I would appreciate especially consider the sitcom again so it happened so fast <laughs> it, just two hours earlier she did what she did and then she came back right. with flowers right so considering how quickly that happened, I would have been like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. If, I, if I'm if i not ready to talk, give me a moment. Let's talk about this tomorrow. Or, mm-hmm. you know, let's go somewhere so we can chat so we can work this out because I need to let you know how you made me feel. Because mm-hmm. it's not going to be just a, my bad, I'm sorry. Right. You know, I'm a, no, you need to hear what this did and what my expectations are going forward. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, I probably would have been like Walter still in my feelings and like, no, I want your little funky flowers. They came from the grocery <laughs> store. They came from the grocery store anyway. Late night. Probably got it from the gas station. No, take those back. I look, and you did go- they come from the grocery store? Because them things look like they came from somebody's look. garden outside. Right, right. Or like gas station or something. They didn't even get those from the flower man that be outside the club. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so I could definitely empathize with Walter. And it's it's a bit embarrassing. Like she comes in there with the boys. It you know. is. But at the same I was kind of looking at it like, oh, that's a little brave to to do that, to humble yourself with flowers. How many women give men flowers? True. And apologize. True. And and knowing, probably suspecting that he had already told what happened mm-hmm. and she feels bad about it. So she didn't take him to another room. She just took him off to the side. They could hear everything. Right. And she probably, so I, you know, I kind of thought, well, maybe this is her eating humble pie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then he dug it in just a little bit by, by not being as receptive and kind. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, I'm only saying this once. Yeah, and I would just also like to note that clearly defined dating parameters would have helped them avoid the whole situation in the first place. But life is not always that simple. Right, well, you know, we wouldn't have a a whole plot line if if they (laughs) had spoken up clearly and and said what their needs were. Yeah, it made for a pretty decent episode. So, hey, (laughs) you're right, you're right. All things work together. All right, so later that night at Gilbert Hall, Jaleesa, or rather, we see Jaleesa talking to Whitley, where she has briefed Whitley on her date with Lamar. She also recounts her experiences with Walter, revealing that she is just over it. She's over both of them. Next, Walter comes in and escorts Whitley out because he needs to have a moment with his woman. Seeming to have taken Mr. Gaines' advice, Walter reveals that Jaleesa's appearance at the pit was embarrassing, and she hurt his feelings by going out with Lamar in the first place. Jaleesa then reminds Walter that she asked him if he was okay with her going out, and if he wasn't, he should have said something. But Walter counters that by saying that he still expected her not to go out with Lamar, even though he said it was okay. In an impassioned exchange, the two reveal that they actually both like each other a lot and that they said some really dumb things. Walter then offers to burn his black book, but Jaleesa reveals that he doesn't have to do that and she informs him that she's not seeing anyone else. Walter does not explicitly say that he's not seeing anyone else, but he says that his little black book is just that, a book implying that he's not seeing anyone else either. The two apologize to each other, and the show concludes with a kiss before they head off to the Chinese circus. How did you feel about how this ended? Um, It ended like a sitcom generally does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of felt a little bit like, we still we still on this grayish kind of situation just accepting that Jaleesa is going to be clear about not seeing anyone and Walter's just going to get away with a right. it's implied mm-hmm. yeah we good now no nah, Walter's still still playing these games and as as was recounted Walter was playing games when Jaleesa first told him about Lamar coming to town and he was acting like it was cool. Walter, you can't play mm-hmm. both sides. You can't, you can't pretend True. like you're okay. And that she's not, 
she's not your girl, but then you want you want to claim her as though she's your girl. You want her to be right. with you, but then but also you don't want to be exclusive to her. Mm-hmm. You want to still have your little black book. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was implied. I wish there would have been a more explicit conversation and a title given to it. Yeah, but after um, all was said and done, it, he mm-hmm. got away with still being able to be a bit murky, even as yeah. she was she was being more clear about where mm-hmm. she stands in this relationship. He's still mm-hmm. able to occupy murky waters, and that's not okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I can also empathize with Walter because I've been in situations where I acted like something didn't bother me. But it really did. Yeah. But given my personality type, it always comes up eventually. Because I don't forget anything. And I hold stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So eventually, I end up blowing up. Which is why, uh, as we get into our takeaways, I would say, in relationships, in navigating relationships, even when it's, let's call it a situationship or an entanglement, <laughs> as Jada Pinkett <laughs> gave us. Thank you. Communication is key. Yes. We have to say what we mean and mean what we say. Yeah. And and be honest when when presented with information that you don't like. Yeah. That is true. Because otherwise, it'll end up blowing up. Mm-hmm. Another key takeaway for me or like real life lesson application is that you make a whole lot of missteps when you assume. Yeah. I think. For Jaleesa, just to backtrack a little bit, when she first asked him, she really didn't ask Walter what he thought. She basically told him, I'm going out with Lamar, and then said, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, she was kind of testing him a little bit to see, yeah. you're not you're not jealous? And right. then that's when he doubled down. It was like, nah, you know, we ain't even together. Right. Which is, which is not a great communication strategy or tactic. And I... Raise my hand. I've been I've been guilty of that too, especially in my younger dating years. Definitely not so much now. I've learned better and do better. But yeah, I would try to say little stuff or put stuff out there, especially if I was in a situationship and wanted a label. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, throw out little breadcrumbs like, you know, I'm out here. Do you care? Right. And at the end of the day, it wasn't. It didn't prove to be very fruitful. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, again, another and another takeaway for me, uh, even though it's an older show, older episode filmed in 1989, I think the theme and the experiences are very comparable to how or what happens in relationships today. So I can appreciate, for me, the timelessness of this script and of the plot points. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot that probably we'll get into what we think this episode might be might be like if it were done today but there's there's a lot about this that could translate to today it's it's an evergreen topic for sure yeah well let's get into it how do you think it might change today if we were done today what would be different well probably more so just the little details for instance I would imagine that Jaleesa and Lamar probably would have kept up with each other on social media Mm -hmm. even if they didn't follow each other on social media, they probably would have had mutuals 
and um, and would have kept up with each other there. Uh, she probably would have seen that he was still with Sonya. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, so so there would have been that aspect. Um, what else? One thing I noticed in the very beginning when Walter comes in with a stack of newspapers for the entertainment section or sec, yeah, for the entertainment section, um, that wouldn't have happened today because who looks in the newspaper for what's going on? We go to the internet. <laughs> right. So that's one thing that would have been different. <laughs> right. I think, I don't know. I kind of wish Walter had some friends that were more his age. Uh, that In a situation like this, it yeah. kind of just goes, um, not goes to show, but it just um, displays in, in, in more stark uh, detail that Walter is is kind of caught in between generations mm-hmm. a little bit. It's either mm-hmm. he goes with the younger generation, his students, or he goes with the older generation, which are the, the yeah. faculty that he hung out with in the pit. So it'd be nice if he had somebody more on his level yeah. to to confide in. True. Yeah, I never thought about that, but that's a great point. Also, whatever happened with Dwayne in Anatomy? Yeah, that was the, I guess that was the <laughs> subplot here, is that Dwayne is struggling in his anatomy class and trying to get Kim to help him. I mean, it was it was very appreciated, I think, to again see this young man who seems to have it all worked out all figured out academically it's like no he still struggles and in fact Mm -hmm. he may still struggle in something that we regard as science right just because he knows one one aspect of science doesn't mean he knows everything in science true true very true and i've i've been there (laughs) that's for sure oh yeah i was going to ask you about that um as a stem major did people automatically assume that you were a whiz at all of the STEM letters, of at all of the letters in the word in the an acronym STEM. Not only that, <laughs> people people think that I know something that's even adjacent to it. So, like my PhD is in biomechanics. My my dissertation was on clinical and biomechanical outcomes of uh, people with knee replacement surgery at different stages post surgery. So. I could tell you, especially at that time, because it was still real fresh in my mind, I could tell you what was going on with people after knee replacement surgery. I couldn't tell you what was going on with people after back surgery or after hip surgery (laughs) or after shoulder surgery or after foot surgery. I don't know the entire body. I just knew a little bit about what was going on at the knee. That's it. But child, I was having folks calling me, emailing me. Um, I'm about to go get surgery. My doctor said I need my hip replaced. Um, what you think? <laughs> With just that much information, I was like, what? I don't know what to tell you. And I'm trying to tell you something because I understand why you're coming to me. Yeah. But I don't know how to tell you I don't know right and my guess is just a guess and you should probably listen to your doctor so yeah that would always be a very uncomfortable position to be in because people just don't don't get it and I, I totally understood but yeah 
it's it's funny how some people think, well, if you know one thing, you know everything. <laughs> and that is, that is not the case. That is very true. Very true. Do you find that people kind of think, oh, well, you know, you got economics and you got physics too? Pe- well, no, not physics per se, but people think that I know all things math. And people think I know about the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> what should I invest in? So I'm, I'm very, very novice at stock market issues and investing. And um, I tell people I'm not an investment banker. My degree is not in finance. I'm a policy wonk. And even within policy, I'm very specific towards housing policy. And there's there are even like, you know, these subcategories under housing policy. I do credit analysis. <laughs> so, yeah. Listen, and I know I've done that to you, I'm sure, several times. Because <laughs> I don't always, I don't fully know what you do or what you studied in your dissertation. So I go to you and ask you yeah. something about money. I ask you something about housing. I uh, ask yeah. you something about, I think you, you, almost looked at some prison stuff I, I asked you about yeah. that <laughs> that was one of the topics I explored but to be fair I do the same thing to you because I mean even recently I was like okay Portia for real tell me about this vaccine <laughs> <laughs> should I trust it or no girl <laughs> I'm like this is my friend she does natural sciences she's got to know something there's got to be some overlap here <laughs> I did come to the conclusion that the vaccine is definitely worth it. Please yes. go get vaccinated. Yes, 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 yes. We we are both vaccinated, have been for some time, and are perfectly fine. And, you know, let's, let's listen to science people. Yes. Yes. And last but not least, let's rate this episode on a scale of one to five. Portia, what would you give it? Uh... I'm going to give it a three and a half. Okay. I'm going to give it a four. I like this one. This was fun for me. Yeah. I thought it was good. You know, it was the culmination of a year and some change of planting seeds about this Lamar character. So now Mm -hmm. we get a chance to see him. and, And again, shout out to... Tommy Ford for for embodying this this living legend Lamar yes. Collins. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He, yes. he played he played him very well. Now we we can see how Jalisa would be attracted to this type of man, and we can also mm-hmm. see why she would be repulsed by him. Yes, absolutely. Well, okay, classmates, this officially wraps up this episode of our Hillman Class Reunion podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we can't wait to talk to you again. So see you next time. We'll see you later. I'm Dr. LaRonda Ely. And I'm Dr. Portia Flowers. Thank you for listening to this installment of Hillman Class Reunion Podcast. Hillman Class Reunion is produced, written, directed, and edited by LaRonda Ely and Portia Flowers. Original intro and outro music was produced by our friend and brother, Daquan Bowen. You can get more information about him at daquanbowen.com. That's D-E-Y-Q-U-A-N-B-O-W-E-N-S.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hillman Reunion, Instagram at Hillman Class Reunion, and Facebook at Hillman Class Reunion. 
and visit our website at hillmanclassreunion.wordpress.com. And hey, classmates, like, rate, and subscribe to Hillman Class Reunion on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We hope that you join us for our next episode of Hillman Class Reunion. Bye. Bye.